0: Pilchus Kriya Shema, Dal, the final Perik of Pilchus Kriya Shema, Aleph, Halacha Aleph. Women, slaves, and minors are, are exempt from saying the Shema. Since it's a positive mitzvah that has, that's time-related, women are, are exempt, and slaves are, generally speaking, exempt from whatever women are exempt from. Minors are, are generally speaking, not obligated to, to, to perform mitzvahs. We teach the teach the children the to read the Shema and to read proper time as well, to make the bracha before and afterwards, because the Chanukah mitzvah is part of the general obligation of their uh, education. Someone who is, is overly occupied with a mitzvah related matter, so it's not like a finance related matter, it's an it's over with a mitzvah. Part of me call mitzvahs, and is part of from all mitzvahs, including the Shema, because if you're busy doing one mitzvah, you're exempt from other mitzvahs. The therefore, a bridegroom, a, a man who married a virgin it's her first time getting married, and she never had relations before, he's exempt from reading the Shema until he has relations with her, because his mind is not available to concentrate on the Shema, because he's worried about Shema, maybe she's not really a virgin, like she claims, because he's busy doing the mitzvah of getting married, therefore, because of his, uh, of his inability to focus, On the Shema, because of his concern, he is not obligated to sing Shema. If he waited until Matze Shabbos. And, and the Raman is referring to the time when it was customary to get married on Wednesday nights. What the Raman essentially means is if he waited 72 hours after the wedding, and he did not have relations, then at that point he has to say the Shema, he's already calmed down from his passion, and he already is feeling informal with his wife, even if he had not yet consummate the marriage, but, but nevertheless, he still is in a frame of mind that allows him to say the Shema appropriately. Someone marries someone who was previously married Or previously had relations He's busy involved in another mitzvah Of procreation Nevertheless on the wedding night He must read the Shema that night There's no manner that confounds him Because he's not worried about anything He's, he's certainly not a virgin All similar situations So if there's a situation where there's a mitzvah to be done But it's not a confusing mitzvah Not one which distracts you The person must recite the Shema love someone who's a relative passed away one who is obligated to mourn for meaning any immediate relative parent sibling child God forbid me he's not obligated to he's exempt until they bury the person they because his mind is not available to read he's concentrating on the on the the tragedy and on the uh, the, the need to bury this person if he was not a relative but just guarding the guarding the corpse from Whatever it needs to be guarded from, perhaps uh, damage your animals. So even though it's not actually his relative, he's also not obligated to the Shema, because again he's being involved in the mitzvah of guarding the deceased, and therefore he's part of the Shema. there were two guards, then one can guard the second one can. Uh, go to a, the second location and read the Shema and return. And then go back to watching. And the other guard could could uh, leave for a moment to say the Shema and come back. If someone is digging a uh, grave for a dead person, he's exempt from reciting the Shema. Again, because of the same principle, uh, being involved in one mitzvah exempts one from performing a different mitzvah. And kavura shamesh, burying a dead person, is one of the, one of the uh, obligations. It's a chiyuv. We do not take out a dead person To bury him To, to the Beisach Forest Close to the time of Shema Meaning shortly before sunrise Because again, according to the Rambam That's the ideal time to say the Shema And by having the funeral then Many people will not say the Shema He's a very great person In which case it's appropriate To take him out as soon as possible Even if it's right before sunrise As we'll see soon, many people involved in the funeral procession do not recite Shema, those carrying the urn, and therefore, we don't want to take out the urn to to bury it, close to the, the ideal time of the Shema recital. If they did begin to take him out, uh, close the time of the Shema perhaps they thought they would be able to finish before then and they, they couldn't and then in time to say the Shema arrived which is according to the Ramam, six minutes before sunrise that ideal time lavnas amazing there they are carrying the dead whoever the coffin or the means a bed they would, they would bury people in to settle then like a, like a stretcher uh, whoever the coffin is, requires he going those who are carrying the coffin and those who would exchange them take their place to for have as many people participate in carrying the coffin as possible the and um, uh, those who would take the place of those who would take the, 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 basically the third shift whether they were before the coffin meaning that they already carried it excuse me they did not yet carry it whether they were following the coffin meaning they did not yet have their shift but they're all not obligated those, whoever else is accompanying the mess and who the coffin is not required they're just walking along they, they are obligated in saying the Shema all this is relevant for the uh, morning Shema. As far as the e- evening Shema goes, we have the Levaya as soon as possible, even if they're going to say Shema later in the evening, so that we bury the person as, as soon as possible close to the actual day of passing. If the community was involved in an eulogy for a dead person, the time for the Shema arrived, the time for the Shema arrived, if the dead person is actually present in front of them, then they, they take a break and one or two people at a time, a few people at a time slip away and start of speak and read the Shema in return, and return. husband go back to the, to the eulogy. They don't formally stop it because if the whole place would en masse leave, take a break and come back, that's considered a disgrace for the dead. So they keep the Hesped going and then people they take turns saying the Shema away from the dead person because he's not allowed to say DeVert or any mitzvah in the presence of a dead person. If the dead person person is not actually present for example the person was in Eretz Yisrael, uh, and, that Eretz Yisrael and the person passed in Eretz Yisrael and the people are in America called all the people read the Shema together however the mourner sits quietly he's not obligated in any mitzvahs until the actual including reading the Shema until the, until the burial of the dead they, they bury the dead And then afterwards the mourners retur- Turn around in order to Accept the uh, the condolences From the people as is customary And all the people follow them From the grave to the place Where the mourners are and To make a line uh, To receive the condolences As is customary they, they form Two lines or, or uh, Facing each other And the mourners walk between the people and receive the condolences, and and the and now it's it's the time to recite the Shema in the morning. It's six minutes before sunrise. So, what do you do? Do you say the Shema or not? If the people are able to begin and finish even the first pasuk, before they reach the actual line, they should begin the Shema, and then the uh, Ram doesn't say that if they should finish the Shema and then condole, console the mourners, or they should interrupt and console the mourners and then finish the Shema afterwards Um, but in any event if they're able to say one pasuk of the Shema they certainly certainly should do that before Consoling the mourners. If they're not able to even do that, they should not even begin. They should console the mourners. And after they finish, they leave them. They should begin the Shema. The people who are facing, who are standing in the actual line, facing the mourners, those who are inside facing the mourners. They see the actual mourners. They are exempt from the Shema. Those on the outside, since they can't see the mourners because the inner row is blocking them, they are obligated. In saying, saying the Shema. Call <laughs> me whoever is not obligated in recite the Shema, he, he wants to be stranger than himself and read the Shema. Anyways, he may do so. Who is Shati provided he has his mind is available, so to speak. He's not distracted. <laughs> if the person not obligated to recite the Shema, was was confused and confounded. It's one of those cases of uh, not being obligated to recite because of the mind not being Able to concentrate in Rosh Chris Adshita Daiti, then he's not allowed to say the Shema until his mind is composed. But he becomes ritually Tamei. he's still obligated to say the Shema. And he says the Brach is born after, while you're still Tamei? even though it's technically speaking possible to, for them to become non-tummy that, that day still for example someone, t- someone touches a dead dead sheritz a creepy crawly animal that imparts unique tumor when it's dead um, or he, for, he touches um, a, um, a woman who is menstruating or a woman who has another kind of menstru- menstrual uh, issue called a zava we'll discuss that in the, in the book of Tyra Mishkevah, Gates anything the person lies on or sits on or the like. These are all examples of someone who, depending on the scenario, is able to become pure that day. We still do not say they have an obligation to become pure and go to the mikveh, rather they allow to, to be the Shema uh, while they're tummy. Now, one exception, seemingly, Ezra, of course, was the head of the Anshik um, in his time, and uh he made a takana with his bezdin. Shaloi yikro b'divitayda lovade. someone who has a seminal mission, may not may not speak to Beitziu He made him an exception of other kinds of tameiim. Ad he goes to the mikvah. This is a sort of a, just a safeguard to keep the chum away from their wives. Uh, they shouldn't be next to them constantly. They should have some kind some level of discretion, not to keep them away permanently. God forbid. The idea of having some level of discretion to think twice before you engage in relations. This takanah did not spread, so to speak. Was not accepted by the majority of the Jewish people. The majority of the community was unable to keep to it. Therefore, by default, it became nullified. The law is: if, the, if it's a hachemik takanah and the majority of the tzibur does not accept it, by default, it is not binding. The, across the board, the Jewish people have a custom. To read the Shema and study Torah, even though they are tommy in this fashion of having seminal omission the reason being because the words of Torah do not become tommy They remain pure forever. And the basic says, Behold, my words are like fire. Hashem says, so Hashem's words are compared to fire. Just like fire cannot become tameh, it's impossible. It's not one of the. It's not one of the items that can become tommy ever. So, so to the words of Torah never become tummy therefore a person can read them and engage them even while impure (inaudible) blessed be the hashem who gives us assistance